SEO is AEO, welcome to the show, Philly Vice. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. It's an it's absolute pleasure. Um, I understand, a little introduction to you first. We're going to be talking about site speed, a little introduction. You went to the University of Sheffield. Yes. Near my hometown of Leeds. Yeah. But Great nice university. Ad- wonderful university. Yeah, I was there only as an Erasmus student, though. Ah, okay. So, uh, I studied also in the Netherlands. Groningen? Yes, Groningen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Groningen. And you were a librarian? Yes, that's pretty much the studies I was following, uh, information studies, uh, which in a nutshell comes down to library studies. Oh, it's how, we, how, how to stock books in bookshelves? No, it's not just that. Also oh. answer the questions of people coming to the desk, trying to figure out like what is the best resource, which in a, in a way is what Google's trying to do. So, which is why I was also attracted uh, to working for Google. So anybody who's looking for a career path, do librarian studies, move on to Google. Unfortunately not. I would love to have that, uh, that to be the case because when I worked at Google, uh, uh, I worked on Google Search Quality. Seven years. Seven years, yes, on Google Search Quality. I've been checking uh, up on yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. I also worked on click fraud uh, prevention and, ah, and, right. and tackling. Um, uh, but I also have always been part of uh, Search Quality as well for the simple reason uh, that I had certain knowledge, like Dutch-specific knowledge, etc. I was helping the team still, even though okay. I was working uh, my primary time in click fraud at the end of it. I was still also going to conferences, uh, helping out with uh, uh, queries and, and things related to uh, web search, basically. Super. So I, I've been on both sides there. And to be very honest, click fraud uh, actually introduced me to something that's extremely useful today, hmm. log file analysis. Brilliant. Because with, uh, with uh, click fraud, it's all about the click. And the click is something that is only recorded. Mm. So uh, we did a lot of log file analysis. And nowadays, I can reuse that again in SEO. So I really love that. That's brilliant. And I saw you wrote loads of stuff with DeepCrawl. I do advise DeepCrawl, yes. Uh, I'm one of their uh, customer advisory board uh, members. Mm. Uh, as are several other famous people as well. Um, and uh, uh, I do work, uh, uh, basically, I, I am b- uh, brand ambassador for Majestic. I uh, mm. give tips and, and stuff like that to some of the other ones, like Screaming Frog and stuff like that. Yeah. So I love, yeah, it basically, it, it comes from the Google part because I, I use, within Google, I did a lot of development as well. Mm. And as part of the development, you like to point out things that can be better, so file bugs. Yeah. And uh, file, uh, and then also recommend. It's not just about filing bugs. The suggestions it's, box. Basically, but uh, it's also a bug most of the time. <laughs> so, and then basically like, hey, what, hey guys, I, I ran into this. What if you do that instead? Okay. Uh, or is this expected behavior? And so I talk to them and to several other tools as well mm. uh, in the back end. And if they like my feedback, I'm happy. And mm. if they do something with it, I'm even happier. If they don't like my feedback or they don't want it, Nothing is happening, so I don't Doesn't normally work them. long with them. Yeah. And DeepCrawl is one example that lost my feedback, so as a result, uh, I love giving it. And their tool becomes better over time, so I Brilliant. love that too. Ooh, ooh, so, jolly good. Yeah. So we're going to talk about site speed now that yeah. we've, we've talked about click uh, fraud and deep crawl and log files, which yeah. is incredibly <laughs> interesting. Um, I want to start with Lighthouse because it's something I've started using. Um, if we can start with Lighthouse, if yeah, that sure. doesn't bother you. Yeah. Um, give me some tips uh, about how I can actually... Okay, so um, with Lighthouse, uh, for anyone who's not familiar with Lighthouse, uh, at the moment it's built into Chrome, mm. 
um, and you can use it on any site. I would recommend though uh, to install the, the Chrome extension for Lighthouse because it will give you a viewer that you can actually export the findings. Very good. So a little thing. A little I'll be trick. doing that later today. Yeah, the, it, it, you can find it on the, ho on the homepage of Lighthouse. You'll find a link to the, um, to the extension, uh, the Chrome extension. I would recommend installing that because you can then print it and download it and share it. Mm. And, and that's something that I find very beneficial. Now, the, uh, one of the other tricks that you can do with Lighthouse, so Lighthouse is uh, to show you using different metrics how fast your page is loading. Sorry, it, yeah. it, it's partially how fast it's loading and also partially how fast it's perceived to be yes. loading or yes. showing something interactive. Yes, it's absolutely a very good point. Uh, there is a, a bit of a distinction uh, uh, between the two. In the end, it's about the user experience. Okay. So uh, if the page loads fast, and it's not just about the first byte, but it's mm. also about the first paint and when is it interactive and all that kind of stuff, and when is it done, basically, mm. with everything. And it's the whole process. But Lighthouse does not measure everything. Like there's uh, in Chrome DevTools, you can measure, for example, uh, much better uh, JavaScript profiling. So how long does it take for certain aspects of JavaScript okay. to be rendered or executed? Uh, Lighthouse doesn't include that at the moment. No. It does yeah. include some light auditing on that, mm. but it, it doesn't go much further than that. It, it's literally, uh, you could actually say a PageSpeed 3.0 kind of thing, like PageSpeed Insights 3.0, yeah. now available in your browser. Now, keep in mind though, and this is something that people tend to forget, um, it now runs in your browser, meaning on your internet connection, yeah. where in the past, PageSpeed Insights ran from Google servers. Mm. Now, you can still run Lighthouse or go to PageSpeed Insights, you'll get a version of that as well coming from Google servers, but a lot of people tend to forget, like, yeah, uh, my site loads uh, slowly. Yeah, well, which connection are you using? Yeah. That's one thing you have to ask yourself. It's not a big deal, but as long as you're aware of it. Yeah. Now, regarding some tips for Lighthouse. So Lighthouse has been, uh, it's very heavily on the development and still being further developed. And one of the things that they introduced recently is PAX. Uh, that is uh, something- um, P-A-X or P-A-C-K? Last one. <laughs> so, um, and uh, the PAX are basically uh, specific audits for specific CMSs. Okay. So you can have an audit specifically for a WordPress installation, which would be slightly different than an audit for a Joomla installation. And that's live now? No, they, they're basically experimenting with that. Super, that's going to so be So that's cool. something that you can look into. And, 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 that, and that also, sorry, hooks into the WordPress, the fact they're investing in WordPress. And, and they're terribly which is which is why that. they're doing that as well uh, but okay. it's not the only platform and this, it's not a hundred percent like they're not full coverage of everything and every mm. platform every CMS they're still experimenting with this but this is something that's interesting because it puts the bar a little bit further and also uh, some things may not be relevant if you use a certain CMS that for other CMSs is relevant so mm. now you can better pick and sort uh, the audit reports that's a bit the idea so brilliant. And, and test potentially for a couple of additional uh, things that you would otherwise not test for. Now, in addition to that, another uh, f uh, much used aspect of, uh, or not much used aspect of Lighthouse, uh, which you can also greatly benefit from, mm. is something called uh, custom audits. So if you have, um, if you're using Lighthouse within your development team, and yeah. I'm going to assume for a second that you have a larger development team, that you have a build process, that mm. you have um, a situation where you have multiple people that, uh, uh, like a larger environment that you basically have to test for multiple things, mm. 
you might find yourself limited with the current audits that uh, Lighthouse yeah. is performing. Okay. And you can extend that, the, the range of uh, elements to test for, with custom audits. And that's basically an adult uh, a custom add-on add audit mm. that you add to the existing Lighthouse checks. And that could be just for your organization. Okay, so I mean, so, you could do it just for your specific site. You yeah, could also yeah. build one for WordPress if you really felt like it. Yes. If yes. you wanted to waste your time because Google are already doing it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, the key thing here is, uh, and that's really the custom order things, uh, especially for organizations that have the manpower and mm. the resource and that also tend to have a larger environment uh, with both developers and code mm -hmm. bases and stuff like that, this can become extremely useful. Now, you should also build in, uh, if you are also in that situation, you want to also build in uh, using Puppeteer, uh, you can access Lighthouse and basically say like, hey, you know what, we check with every build that we push out if this is costing us performance budget. Okay, brilliant, yeah. So that's another thing that you can build in as well with Lighthouse. Mm. And last but absolutely not least, uh, one other feature of uh, Lighthouse is uh, the fact that you can indeed test websites, uh, but there are a number of NPM packages available at the moment, uh -huh. and they allow you to uh, crawl, for example, a predefined list of URLs, or go randomly using okay. a starting point and crawl everything it comes in across, or everything up to a certain level. And what you can basically do with this is uh, not just crawl one page and test your light speed, uh, lighthouse speed mm -hmm. for that, but test multiple pages mm -hmm. across your website, either predefined or based on discovery, and then basically um, have that data exported to JSON files, Ooh. which you can then import again within BigQuery, which you can then pipe to Data Studio. <laughs> and now, if you store it in, for example, Google Cloud, and now what you basically have done is you created an historic archive of that, of not just one page of your website, but of multiple pages of your website. Oh, that's brilliant. So now you can get the Lighthouse scores, the aggregated Lighthouse scores, of your entire site, depending on how big your site is, of course, yeah. and how much you're crawling, but the otherwise representative sample that you decide on. And you can basically say like, okay, well, we take, uh, for example, you could say like, okay, that list, we take the predefining list, and we put that the top 10,000 pages of our web, uh, that our web servers are being mm -hmm. hit by users. Yep. And take that. And that's our representative sample. And, and then based on that, every day you update that list, yep. and then the crawler comes in, and then once per day the crawler goes off on a cron job, and then crawls the 10,000 pages, dumps that into BigQuery, uh, well, basically in, into JSON, dumps it on the cloud storage, BigQuery imports it, and uh, you, uh, your manager, uh, who may not be technical, can see it in Data Studio. Super, brilliant. And so two related questions to that, one of yeah. which is, is Lighthouse a realistic representation of user experience, or do you need something like Pingdom Tools uh, that, that actually measures real user experience around the world? So that's a very good question, because like I started off earlier, Lighthouse is based on your connection. It doesn't say anything about your users mm. and, um, and your browser and your environment. It's mm. using your browser to test. It mm. isn't using the browser of the user to test. This is where the Chrome user experience report comes in. It's very very useful, yes. Um, oh, I was just really pleased that I remembered what, it was, what the acronym was. <laughs> yeah, no, but that report is awesome. And you can actually do a lot of custom testing that as well, yeah. uh, because it's basically freely available on uh, BigQuery. You can mm. run your own queries and experiments with that. Oh, right, okay. So that's pretty cool as well. 
Um, and PageSpeed Insights has this incorporated mm -hmm. within uh, its reporting. And they, they show two graphs, but they also show a small button that's called Origin Summary. And that's actually the most interesting one, because ah. if you click that one, you get... Uh, this is all based on, on, on uh, the Chrome User Experience Report. Mm -hmm. But if you click that Origin Summary, you get aggregated stats of your entire domain. Aha, and so, I bet that button's really small because I've never seen it. No, it's actually pretty big. Oh, it's, it's, uh, so uh, I, just, uh, I, just, uh, I just need a new set of glasses. Yeah, no, I don't know about that, but it looks <laughs> cool, glasses. But no, the, <laughs> the key thing is, it, under the base, the base two graphs that you get, you first, if you go to PageSpeed Insights today, yeah. you'll find, uh, uh, and you type in the URL and you hit uh, check, <clears throat> or I'm not exactly sure what the button says, but you hit the button mm -hmm. and it does the test and then the results are shown. What you see is a short summary of Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. What you then see is uh, two graphs. That's mm -hmm. the, that is the experience based on the Chrome user experience report, which is uh, a sample set of Chrome users who have anonymously mm -hmm. send it how fast their website, your website loaded for them, mm -hmm. or at least the URL that you're checking. Then you see a button called Origin Summary. Yep. That's the one you want to click. Cool. Because, uh, and underneath that, you'll get, uh, not underneath the button, but uh, below the button, you'll find the Lighthouse data uh, yep. audit. But before the Lighthouse data, actual Lighthouse audit data, you'll find the Origin Summary button. And that Origin Summary button will give you a gra uh, like aggregated stats of the entire domain. Brilliant. And I find that very interesting because often what we do, if we use, for example, PageSpeed Insights, we test the first page. Mm. Or we test uh, uh, one or two other pages. Yeah, me too. And the problem is that we get some stats on that. That's yeah. great. We can improve that. But what we don't see, uh, we also see if there's enough data, how, how the user experience those mm. pages. But what we don't see at that point is what is about the rest of the website. Yeah. And sure. that graph shows you exactly that. Oh, I'll go and look at that later on. The yeah. second question yes. was, would you agree that pure speed, I mean, the, the physical speed, uh, is increasingly unimportant and the perceived speed or Google's perception of users' perception of the speed is much more important and will become more important? I think it goes hand in hand. Ah, okay. I don't think it's a one or uh, one or the other. And the simple reason is uh, that if your server response time is five seconds, yeah. the perceived speed will be five seconds plus also. So it's a, it's a, it goes hand in hand. You need to optimize for both. Um, mm. You do need to optimize. But, sorry, I, 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 yeah. the question in that case, I'll, I'll ask it a little bit different. Can you yeah. cheat with the perception? And, and yes. convince Google that you're better than you really are? Yes, by focusing on above default content. And okay. um, uh, one of the other techniques that you can use as well is, for example, use resource hints, use server push, uh, uh, use HTTP2 with that. Mm. Uh, you, Google is experimenting also with something called priority hints. Uh, priority hints is basically to elements that you can highlight which ones are important to load first and which ones are not. Because at the moment it's guessing which, which yes. is important for yes. the user experience and now you can actually tell it? Uh, it, well, not yet, but it's it's a feature that they're experimenting Something with. Something you put in the HTML. Yes. Uh, so think of it like this: if you have a, an above default gallery of twenty pictures. Yep. Yeah. So you come to a page and there's twenty. There's an image gallery with twenty pictures. Mm -hmm. Are all twenty pictures important? No. 
No, only in the first one. Until yes. the user clicks <laughs> next, the other 19 are not important. Okay. And what you can do with priority hints is, well, that's the idea at least. Again, it's still experimental. It's mm -hmm. not fully adapted, uh, adopted yet. Uh, browsers are still discussing it. But what the idea is behind priority hints is that you put a high priority on the first image and you put a low priority on everything else. Okay. Now, the browser knows where to put its resources. Brilliant. That's the idea. So and it so won't start downloading the, all yeah. the, the 19 images until all the other low and medium have been processed. Okay. Well, that's the idea. Again, it's up to the browser to decide and, and stuff. It's a suggestion. It's not a rule. Okay. But it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, they're experimenting with. Okay, and, and this is Google suggesting it and the, and the, the browser... It's Google among others, yeah. It's, it's one of those uh, W3C uh, kind of recommendations, drafts that's being further developed. It takes a couple of years for it to fully be adopted mm -hmm. and uh, also be adopted by other browsers and is, stuff. Isn't there a danger though that the HTTP2, which allows all of them basically downloads as they come, that because you're prioritizing something, it will wait and therefore you will nullify the, the benefits of HTTP2, or am I, or am I overthinking this? Yeah, the, so with uh, HTTP2, uh, uh, HTTP2 has nothing to do with priority. HTTP2 has oh, everything. Yeah. No, uh, I thought it was just it threw all the requests at one go and took what it got back. When uh, it got back. No, not really. So no. how the HTTP2 works is it establishes one connection, mm. and then in sequence it passes on the data over that one connection. It basically okay. leaves a live connection open. In simplistic terms, that how I like to explain, although there's a bit of a hack to the explanation, but um, imagine you have a single web page and that has a thousand pictures on it mm -hmm. that you load independently, yep. so independent calls, and you have one zip file combining all the 1,000 pictures, okay. but, and here's the, uh, uh, here's the caveat there, it's the same size in total size as the indivi in total individual images. So there's no size Game. difference no, between okay. the two. Which one would load faster? Uh, the zip. Yeah. Because it's only one request. Exactly. It's Ooh, one request and it can be pushed through. No, unfortunately, I don't have prices. Oh, no. No. <laughs> uh, there are some nice legal men over there. I'll though. get that later. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, no, but that's indeed the idea. Making new and new, new connections to yeah. download the content. Uh, you're limited by the browser's number of connections that are maximum open. Okay. And that goes out the window with HTTP2. So with HTTP2, one connection is made and everything goes over that. Mm. Think of it like a, 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 a picket line or something like that, where just everything comes at you. Okay. Yeah, and one line. Instead of multiple lines, it's just one line and everything is organized. And that's a bit what HTTP2 is about. So, and yeah. that's why HTTP2 is so powerful. And, makes it, and also, it's backwards compatible which not always is the case. So mm -hmm. um, it, for normal users that have all the browsers that don't support HTTP 2, HTTP 1.1 still applies. Yeah, yeah? And it, it it's will got be, the fallback. It, yeah, it's a, it has a fallback, which is the accepted and current standard for the last 20 years. So it's yeah. a pretty battle-tested uh, uh, fallback. So it's yeah. not really a problem there. Now, there are some considerations to keep in mind with HTTP2, though. Because you're now making one connection and you want to pipe everything over one connection, mm. that means that you need to reduce the number of connections to different host names you're making. Sure. And try to limit that as, uh, as much as possible to one or two total. Mm. And keep in mind that your analytics or third-party stuff is another connection. Mm. 
So you want to limit that as much as possible, which becomes sometimes a little bit tricky with CDNs, especially if you have CDNs on multiple subdomains, yeah. domain sharding basically, yeah. which we, is a technique that we've used to yeah, overcome like, the connection, yeah. the maximum number of connections in the browser, is now opposite of what we actually want. Sure. So it actually hinders now. Now the problem is if now you optimize for that and the user does not support HTTP2, obviously you're not optimized now for the HTTP 1.1. So there are ways to... It's a catch-22. No, no. So ah. here's the thing. What you can do is on the back end detect what is the protocol that the user is using Ooh. and then adapt accordingly. Brilliant. Okay. And then if it's HTTP2, surf uh, uh, everything over one connection. If it's HTTP uh, 1.1, Use domain sharding. Make both available uh, depending on the user. Now, in addition to that, one other thing that you need to be careful about is, for example, we have been very much trained in the last 20 years or so to concatenate uh, files, to mm. put, uh, if you have uh, 20 JavaScript files, to put them all into one. Yep. That's now not the best behavior with HTTP2 because we want to uh, only load the ones that are necessary, but also we want to be able to cache individual parts. Mm. So. If we update, uh, uh, say, one of the 20 scripts, we only want to update that one in the yeah. browser and not the other 19. Where if we bundle it, we have to update everything. Yeah, and, and also allows you to, to download just the resources that are necessary. Exactly, paid, it allows you to download as well as caching. And so it, it what I understand is Lighthouse gives you a big bonus plus point if, if you only download the resources that are truly necessary. Yeah. And for, from that perspective, one of the things I was talking about in my talk today as well is, for example, uh, with JavaScript, uh, uh, one of the audience members was asking about JavaScript optimization. And uh, one of the things there, you need to really, an example I gave there, you need to really look at what do you need. Like, for example, if I have form validation, mm. because I have a website with a form, but I have that form on page two, yeah? Mm. I do not need to load the form validation JavaScript on every single page, mm. because the majority of users probably, depending on the website, will not go to that form. If that's a contact form or something yeah. like that, or uh, submit, uh, submit your suggestion or whatever, mm. I don't need to add uh, 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 the form validation. Yeah. In addition, if I have, for example, a lead generator, and I have a specific dedicated landing page for that lead generator where I am capturing leads. Sure, mm. I'll, I'll add the form validation there, but should I add that same form validation to my homepage? No. That's not doing that. I same can lead. have another Lego man. Yeah. So, exactly. So, <laughs> indeed. Um, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you need to know what you're loading, when yeah. you're loading it, and also stay away, to be honest, a bit from frameworks, or at least be very critical about frameworks okay. that you use when it comes to JavaScript, because a lot of them can be significantly uh, draining. Um, uh, taking a lot of processing power and sure. rendering, and you may not only be, uh, you may only be using like five percent of what that framework can do. Do you need to load the other ninety-five percent? You're talking about the server or the browser? Uh, the, uh, the computing happen is happening on the browser side. Okay, sorry. But yeah, uh, but for example, if you use jQuery, if you use yep. Angular, if you use Vue, if you use um, uh, 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 React or any of those other frameworks, yeah. Unless you're planning to use everything mm. of that framework, you're loading stuff that you're never going to sure. use and that the user's not going to use, and they now have to load that and execute that on yeah. every single page load. Mm. And not just once, on And what's the easiest table. way to break it down into the chunks you actually do need? 
Well, first identify what you actually need. Yeah. And most of the time you'll find that uh, it can probably be written nowadays with just a couple of lines of vanilla JavaScript. So just some custom JavaScript that just does that. You don't necessarily need frameworks. Keep in mind that JavaScript is supposed to be an upgrade. It, that means uh, from a progressive enhancement point of view, the basic content of the website needs to be accessible to the average user. So uh, very simple. If I have a hotel booking site, mm. Can I book without JavaScript? Can I complete the booking without JavaScript? The answer to that should be yes. Okay. Yeah? And if your site is dependent on JavaScript to pass, uh, to, to basically do the basic uh, stuff of your website, your, your website isn't progressively enhanced, so to say. And the problem is that uh, uh, some websites do this way. Um, you basically now depend on uh, the CPU, the RAM, as well as uh, the, uh, the user mm -hmm. willingness to accept the JavaScript, which is not automatic because with ad blockers, uh, with uh, uh, privacy, etc., a lot of JavaScript gets blocked and that's going to be more and more. And if you, if you look at AMP and stuff like that, yeah. it's another way of blocking your custom JavaScript. Yeah. So dependency on JavaScript isn't necessarily a good thing if your website depends on it. What you should see, see JavaScript as is an upgrade of the basic experience. Brilliant. So you okay. provide a basic experience that anyone, doesn't need to be pretty, it's about mm. being functional. But, but sorry, yeah. looking at that analogy or that, that idea, is you're saying AMP is your basic site uh, and the desktop mm. version is an upgrade? No, uh, because oh. AMP is depending on <laughs> JavaScript, unfortunately. No, sorry, I didn't mean within yeah. JavaScript. I'm saying getting people to say, my AMP version is the really simple site that's accessible to everybody quickly. And I can then look at the desktop version and say, there I can do the fancy bells and whistles. Um, Not really. Okay, I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it right. And, second and, and the reason for that is coming back to the JavaScript. AMP still relies on JavaScript. Mm. And if AMP did not rely on JavaScript, then I would say yes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah? It, it, it is the, the, the dependency on JavaScript that uh, there that does not make uh, AMP the default version or the light version, so to say. Super duper. Last question. Yes. The big question. Yes. Google has been obsessed by speed and has been banging, banging on, on my head at least, on everyone's head about it, saying we need to get faster, we need to make the web faster, we've, we've pulled in AMP. How good, how, how good a job have they done? Are they actually succeeding or is the web getting slower as we add more content? Is it, is it not improving? Is it improving? Is Google making a, uh, uh, an impact? I think Google is making an impact. Uh, some of the carrots like uh, improved rankings and stuff gets mm. uh, some people moving, although it doesn't really measure out as that much benefit, but mm. the illusion of is often something yeah. that can be raised as an argument in favor of. Um, I think though, it's not necessarily just Google uh, uh, making the difference. I think the overall industry is seeing that uh, conversion rates go up. And okay. the key thing is, uh, you have a website for a purpose. Mm. If your website is not performing that purpose or not getting to that purpose because of slow performance, mm. why do you have that website? So, and I think a lot of businesses are starting to see this mm. as uh, from, from a conversion and business driving point of view, you need to have a faster website for the users. Yeah. Now, from an SEO point of view, we, Google cares about fast uh, websites uh, mostly because it allows them to crawl your website more. And Brilliant. from an SEO point of view, we should care about that too. From a non-SEO point of view and a business point of view, it really comes down to the conversion and the user experience. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you. SEO is AO. Thank you very severely. Oh. <laughs>
I'll sing that again. SEO is AEO. Thank you, Philly Vice. Thank you. Thank you. That's the first time I messed up the song. <laughs>